All right, guys, welcome back into the second betting podcast. We're bringing back in Hazi after he hit his one and done pick last week with Bryson DeChambeau. Hazi, how was your week last week? Uh, it was good. Weather was nice. The picks, uh, I just, I think I just got the one and done. Uh, my Sebastian Munoz tout didn't turn out too well. <laughs> it screwed me on my going six for six on my lineup too. So could have been worse, but uh, not too bad overall. I saw, I saw Hazi's, uh, $20 millionaire maker lineup. He had a decent spike going there with Matthew Wolf, Bryson DeChambeau and Mark Hubbard. But uh, overall, I was like, I was listening back to it. We were on Mark Hubbard. We were on Hadwin. We were on Stewart. Uh, you know, some of the other guys that were in the nine to five write up. Hoblin did well. Obviously, Doc Redmond did well. Those were all guys that you guys could have betted for a top 30, top 40, top 10. You would have made some, you know, nice return on your investment. Obviously, the chalk of Bryson hit, but you know, we kind of said it. We, we just didn't like those odds. Obviously, he was the favorite for a reason. It's tough to, you know, do those odds. If you guys want to bet a favorite like that, you can. There is one this week that I particularly like. What did you think of uh, Bryson last week, though, in general? Yeah, I mean, uh, this – you saw this coming. I mean, he was trending in this direction for a really long time. And then when you saw, like I was touching on last week, and you were as well with the strength of field, you just felt like this was the week he was going to finally break through. And we saw – Vegas quickly adjusted <laughs> his major odds yeah. uh, really, really quick. Uh, you know, so we saw it coming and the, the final three holes just epitomized what Brayson's all about. You know, last hole goes birdie birdie. Then last hole just pumps a drive out there 365 or whatever it was. And then flips a wedge to two and a half feet. Like just no big deal. Was, yeah. It was clutch. Honestly. I mean, Wolf was contending a little bit there at the end and, Bryson clutched up and was pretty dominant. What'd you, uh, what'd you think about the whole cameraman situation? Did you get a chance to see that? Yeah, it was like uh, Sergio Garcia in Europe, like <laughs> last year, I think it was, or a couple of years ago in Qatar or Saudi Arabia, yeah. where we had a run in. But I mean, like, you, you are by far and away the best player in the field. You are, I, I don't think this is a stretch. I, I would think you would agree, and lots of golf people out there, like, he has revolutionized the game. He, he hits up on a five degree driver. 190 mile an hour ball speed like he's revolutionized the game so the cameraman's like you know what I think this is gonna be a good guy to follow walking up to yeah. the green and you know it's like okay you hit a bad bunker shot and you know it's sometimes it's it, it's your fault Bryce and you didn't just didn't hit a good shot so and then he's talking about protecting the brand it's like you know it's just uh, yeah. it's a little too much for me but you know I, I don't think the cameraman was in the wrong at all Either do I, but I also do get where Bryson's coming from just in the thought of what the NBA has been able to do by building the league around their players rather than the team, I guess. You yeah. don't really see that with PGA, and I think that is something that could help grow the game a little bit more. So I actually kind of get where Bryson was coming from, but obviously it was a bad look for him in general. But I, I, the point that he was making, I do get. So I, that would be something I think the PGA could do a better job of is just highlighting their players making the league around them a little bit more. I, I I agree with that comment. I just feel like the situation that he yeah. was upset about wasn't something that you should be upset about as a professional golfer and the best player in the field. And I, what is he I top agree. five in the world now? Top 10 easy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree there. Um, yeah. The whole Bryson Vulcan up thing is pretty. So one, I, I tweeted this out. I think you saw it, but I'm like, I don't really get the whole hyping up Bryson's bulking. I'm like, that's just a normal winter in the Midwest. That's just like <laughs> something that normally Meat potatoes. Exactly. But the one thing I don't get with his bulk up is like, dude, you are a professional athlete. You've won multiple tournaments. You have the money to bulk up and do it in the correct way where you don't have to become like huge. You know, he could be yeah, yeah. 
pumping iron and getting cut. I don't know. That's just my whole thing on it. We won't get too off on Bryson here, but we do hope that you guys did place those bets on the U.S. Open that Hazi touched on last week. I thought that was a good call, and you know some of the other majors, if you had wanted to do that, I thought that was a really good call, but we'll get it kicked off. Uh, with the format here, just to let you guys know, we are going to do outright bets. We're going to do our top three picks for that. And then our top three targets, we're going to get into our bets to make a profit. That'll pretty much just be our favorite matchups, you know, miss or made cuts. And then we're going to do top 20 bets, but that'll be a focus on, you know, top 30 and top 40 as well. That's kind of more up to you guys. If you want to do that, we'll just focus on the top 20 side. Cause obviously if we think we're going to top 20, that means we think they're going to top 40 and then we'll do our one and done hybrid picks like we did last week. So do you want to start off or do you want me to start off? With the outright bets? Yeah. Uh, I can start off. Um, I think you probably have the same guy that you think at the top of the board, uh, Patrick Cantley. I think that he's just, you know, he's played this course so well. We saw how he played last year, especially on the 18th hole last year, to make a clutch putt there to, to get it done. And he, you know, at the Travelers in the first round, he had it going early there, and he just kind of fell off a little bit. I think he still had a top 15 finish. I think he was tied for 12th, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. You know, and that was after an extended break. I'm sure he put in a lot of work at the Bears Club down there in South Florida. So coming back up to a place where he's comfortable and he's won before, um, I think that yeah, at 15 to 1, I think I have him at here is just a, a way better number uh, than Bryson at 7.5 last week. And I yeah. think Bentley has, has a distinct advantage at, over some of the other guys at the top of the card. Yep. Yep. I agree. So I also had Cantley as well. You pretty much touched on it pretty well there. I will say just looking at my model, he ranked out as a top, <laughs> he's the second overall. Rom was the first, but I'm a little bit worried about Rom's form and his miscut last week. So I'm in complete agreement with you. If we're looking at his stats, his lowest stat is total putting, which he ranks 60. The next worst is uh, eighth. So obviously he's going to be a really good stat fit. He should be the pick. Kind of, it kind of reminds me of Bryson last week, where he's kind of just checking all the boxes. Obviously, he doesn't have as much recent form, but he's a guy that should, you know, be in contention to win come Sunday. And I know, especially because I've bet against, you know, not bet against him, but had other guys, and Cantley's there in the final round, and he's just, and when he starts rolling that rock and starts draining putts, you're like, okay, this guy's never going to miss a putt, and we know <laughs> we know how good his ball striking is. So when he just starts getting those putts to drop in often and early, it's just it, it's scary, and it's just watch out the rest of the field. And and just touch on that a little bit more. Uh, it does seem like this event this week, obviously they're playing at the same course uh, the next two weeks. It does seem like the greens are going to be a little bit longer this week, which I think helps some of the guys that are a little bit poorer at putting. So obviously I think that would help Cantley a slight amount. Obviously it helps all the golfers, but I think that would help a poorer putter a little bit more. And then I'll get into my next pick. It's going to be Xander for me. So Xander Shoffley, he's at 17 to one. Uh, pretty much he reminds me, I mean, I think him and Cantley are essentially the same player. The only thing with Xander is that he had a miscut here in 2018, but he followed it up with a top 14 finish here last year. It's pretty much the same thing as uh, Cantley. He's worst stat is total putting where he ranks 86th. And then everything else, his lowest stat is total driving at 21. So he ranks out top four in my model this week. And I think that those guys are both great plays. Obviously, Xander hasn't missed a cut this year and or since the break. And he also has had uh, two uh, top 20 finishes out of three starts. So I think that's just phenomenal. The only thing that concerns me a little bit with Xander is his chipping. Uh, it's not up to par as some of the other guys, but when he's striping it, uh, he's not chipping very often. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just looking at these odds, yeah, I'm at 19 to one here and Hideki hasn't looked anything special since the restart. And he's 17 to one Brooks, a couple week layoff here. John Rom, like you said, his form's been inconsistent. 
Justin Thomas, I, I, me and him probably could have a putt off, and I think it would be tightly contested. So to get Xander at that price point, I mean, sign me up all day long. Yeah, I, I, it's just it seems like a solid pick, especially just at those odds. I am noticing uh, Bet365 has better odds this week than DK, so just something to throw out there for you guys. Uh, do you have any other top three picks? We're pretty much doing it. Uh, if they're plus 10K or, or lower, they're going to be in this section, then we're going to do our deep targets after this. So do you have any more that you're thinking? Yeah, w- one guy that's it's kind of catching my – a couple guys actually – and they both have similar games. It's Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa. Um, so, you know, you have guys like Colin Morikawa, great tee to green, and then Victor Hovland, great tee to green as well. It's just that they can get the – like, just like Canley, if they can get the, the putter hot and start rolling in some putts, then they're going to be up there when all said and done. And, you know, Colin Morikawa has really had one bad start since he's returned. Otherwise, he's just a top-10 machine. And, and uh, Victor Hovland as well, he's really turned it around since that uh, miscut at the Honda. Are, are you worried about Morikawa at all because of his, the last time we saw him? So we saw the Sunday before his miscut, he kind of struggled, and then that carried over into that round. I personally think the miscut and the time off is, you know, going to be fine for him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's exactly what I think too. You know, everyone was talking about, oh, you know, you're going to maybe pass Tiger for most consecutive streaks since turning pro, and, you know, he missed the cut and then kind of struggled a little bit. I think it's good for him just to reset a little bit and come back fresh and focused because, I mean, he, his iron play is, I think, top three on tour already. And, uh, you know, and that's scary for a guy that's so young. And we saw at the U.S. Open when the, 20, uh, the 2018 U.S. Open, that Woodland one, how uh, – or 19. I, I got the years yeah, all mixed last up. Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the low am. So, I mean, he's, he's not afraid to play with, with the big guys. So, I, I don't mind the layoff at all. So, speaking of Woodland and good iron play, that's going to be my next <laughs> yeah, exactly. favorite. So, he's at 35 to 1 on DraftKings, and I, he's just such a great stat fit. He's a guy where it just should come together for him eventually. He's made four straight cuts here at this course. He's just a great stat fit. His lowest stat fit, once again, is – well, it's not total putting. His total putting has been pretty good. It's actually Stroh's gain to the green, which is 37, and that's not bad. His total putting is 29. He's just an elite staff fit. He's a top five staff fit this week. I like the odds a ton, and I think we're getting those odds just because he hasn't looked good recently, but he's kind of been grinding out. He hasn't been playing poorly. I think he's due for a couple of low rounds, and I think we could see that this week. I just really like those odds for a guy that we know is just as good as player as some of those other guys we already mentioned. Well, uh, if you like those good odds and you're able to bet him on Bet365, they got him at 50-1. to 1. So uh, Yeah, and, and I had him at the uh, – at the Charles Schwab there and, it, and I was watching on PGA tour live and, you know, on the weekend there just seemed like a couple loose shots here and there. You know, I think it was a sixth, I think it might've been the sixth hole on the, on the final round. We just like hitting an iron off the tee and, and he hit the tree on the right. That was like 150 yards in front of the tee box, scrambled for an up and down, hit an eight iron on the par three, eight that, you know, it's eight iron, 160 yards. He misses it 30 feet right dead makes bogey so just cleans up these things here and there and those and he and he still only missed the playoff by i think two or three so he cleans up a couple strokes here and there and then he gets it done exactly that's exactly and he's a guy that will grind out a make cut if he needs to so or just grind out his round so i do really like woodland do you have anyone on that top end there at all left or should we move on to deep targets no those are the only ones i like so far at the top of the board uh I agree with you, everything you said. Rom, his, his form's been inconsistent, and his putting hasn't been anything uh, special as of yet. Thomas at 11-1, to 1, he, you know, until he shows me that he's, you know, figured out on the greens a little bit and Kepka at 15, you know, I, I think I'm going to save my Kepka bullets for the major championships. Yeah, might as well, right? Especially if he does start to suck a little bit. 
Um, so yeah, we'll move on to the top three deep targets. So this is going to be anyone that's like plus 10K odds. Obviously, Hazi is on Bet365. I'm on DK. So it might differ a little bit, but I'll start off here. I'll start off with my guy from last week, the one and done pick winner, uh, Brian Stewart. So he's 175 to one, I believe. What is he? Can you look at what he is up on uh, three, Bet365? Sorry. Yep. Um, so the thing I like about Stewart is obviously he's made – uh, four straight cuts in a row on tour. He's also done that here at this course, and he's a relatively decent stat fit. He's just a guy that's really kind of just checking all the boxes for me. And anytime I can get someone that's checking all the boxes at his price point on DraftKings, and then once again, his odds on DraftKings uh, Sportsbook, I just think that really stands out to me. And that's a guy that, you know, I'm, I'm worth taking a flyer on. You look at someone like Tyler Duncan and Nick Taylor, those were targets that we, you know, hit on that were deep. Sebastian Munoz when he won, Lanto Griffin. Stewart's kind of aligned with that type of pick where he's been training upward and it might just be a matter of when he converts one of these. So uh, what did you get the odds on him for? Yeah. 150 to one. I think just the same as you there. Okay. So it was 175 on. Oh yeah. 175. Price. So yeah, better guys got him at 150. So you got the, I got the better Woodland price. You got the better Stewart price. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, who's your first guy then uh, for deep targets? As soon as I scrolled to just scrolled right down to the 101 plus and the first guy that caught my eyes, Maverick McNeely. You know, he's, he's been playing – last week he had a good tournament. Uh, the Travelers, he, he played well later on in the tournament and, and had a decent finish. So I think he's riding some good momentum. I know that a lot of people don't like that term. It's a cliche. But I really think he's just rounding into form. And, you know, to get a guy that's at 101 that, uh, you know, that we've seen is, is able to go low because I think the theme so far has been, you know, these last – besides this Charles Schwab, which I think was 15 under, got it done. You know, they've been like 22 under Webb, 23 under Bryce. And so, you know, seeing a guy like Mavic Manili has an opportunity to go low, and that is 101. Um, I, I really like him, and, and his game really seems to be rounding in some form. And he's hitting well off the tee. His approach to the green isn't the greatest, but, uh, you know, around the green, he's 77th on tour. Putting, he's 14th. So, um, and strokes gain total, he's 35th. So a couple of those key stats that I think are going to fit well in this golf course uh, this week and next week. Yeah, and uh, he's I got him at 130 to 1 on DK Sportsbook. So it seems like the longer odds are the favorites on Sportsbook. And, you know, the closer odds are what you want to go with on Bet365. But I agree with that. He's only missed three cuts on the year. I thought long and hard about including him into the player pool on DraftKings. And honestly, I might end up on him as like the sixth player in my lineups there and just do, you know, one of those shoulder shrugs and just go with it because pretty much all the things you just touched on. Um, so my next deep target pick is a guy that's already won on tour. You can probably guess who it is just by that, uh, Nick Taylor. So I just, he's a great staff fit. And the only reason that we're getting him at these odds is because we hey, have hey, Andy's Canadian. Don't forget. <laughs> that's right. So <laughs> I like Nick Taylor personally because one of my good buddies' names is Nick Taylor, so I'm a little bit biased that way. You like him because he's Canadian, but sometimes you just need those narratives. And you're oh, wearing the red today. I'm wearing the red, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one quick fun fact. So the college that I went to was the college that Troy Merritt went to for about two years, and then he transferred up. Uh, I went to a D2 school called Winona State, so that was pretty fun to see him uh, playing well. If I ever do like mass entries, I, I typically throw them in a lineup or two. So I had him in one lineup last week. But I, I put 50 bucks on him at the start of the final round. I'm like, yeah, you know, Troy Merritt hasn't made a bogey all week. You know, maybe you can go shoot seven or eight under, get it done at 40 to one. Instant skulls his wedge shot in the first little double. Just see then you he, later. Then he hey, came back first. too. That's what sucks. <laughs> that was frustrating. But uh, getting back to Nick Taylor here, sorry. Um, 
He had a 49th finish here in 2017. And obviously this has been some of the best golf he's played in his career. He's a top 16 uh, staff fit uh, according to my model this week. And he's just a guy that really shouldn't be priced as low. And he's only priced as low because we haven't seen him this year. And I don't really know why we haven't seen him. It might've been because his game were, wasn't where he wanted to be, or maybe he was worried about the coronavirus. We really don't know, or maybe he had it, you know, we really don't know. Uh, but I still like those odds for a guy that's looked that good prior to the break. Yeah, and I mean, he's already won this year on tour, like you said. So I think the urgency to come back's uh, not as great for him as it might be for some other players. So that could be a reason as well. That's a, that's a very good point there. Um, I'm going to do one more of my deep targets, and then I'll have you wrap it up there. So my last one is going to be Matthew Naismith. Uh, I don't really know if I have to touch on it. Nine to five, Nation <laughs> pretty much knows that I like the guy. Love <laughs> he's just a good staff fit, and he's a guy that should do well. He did well pretty much uh, throughout the whole break. And one thing I do worry about is – these guys that are kind of lower caliber players that are up and coming that when they see their name start to trend on Twitter and whatnot, you know, start to get that hype, they might overthink it a little bit. And maybe that's why he missed the cut. Cause he was getting a ton of hype that last week that he missed the cut. So I don't know. That could be one of the things I'm seeing a 175 to one. So decent odds there for Matthew Naismith. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind that as well. And, and I always see him on Instagram too. I always think sometimes like, when I'm scrolling on my explore page, uh, page on Instagram and I see a golfer, like it's a sign from the golfing gods to bet on him. And I, and I always see Matt Naismith. So maybe I have to pull the trigger on a few bucks on him this week, but just quickly to wrap it up, a couple of guys, um, Ian Poulter is at 110 to one, sorry, a hundred to one. And then we got Scott, um, Stallings at, uh, 111 to one. I think both of those guys, like I said, I think the theme is guys that are able to go low and both those guys we've seen, you know, Stallings, went low in the final round of the, the Travelers and then opened with, I think he opened with a 65 or 66 at the Rocket Mortgage. Ian Poulter we saw opened with um, with the 63 at the RBC Heritage. So both those guys can go low. Uh, we know Ian Poulter, his his resume speaks for itself. I, I don't think he's going to be afraid of this leaderboard as well. And Scott Stallings is a, a guy when he's on, he, he can he can get up that leaderboard. So out of the, I think those three guys in, in the 101 plus range are, are my three that I like the most. Yeah. And really all six of those players are players that I see making the cut this week. And, you know, I, I think that's why we're getting them at those odds, but obviously we like those odds because we think that they're going to make the cut. Um, and then to wrap up this section. So favorite outright bet player that you would bet on this week that you're not going to touch in PGA DFS this week. Uh, I feel like this is probably everybody. Jason day. Ooh, that's close. Mine's same theme, a little bit different though. Because you know, home course. He lives in, in near in the area. Uh, you know, we we always hear about when it's just the, the Memorial is the only tournament at this course in years past. That oh, you know, Jason Day's it's home course. Everyone mm-hmm. just keeps. You know, we should take a shot every time someone says that, and just every single time he he doesn't live up to the hype. But again, that's a guy that I would roster that I would not roster on my uh, DraftKings uh, lineup, but I would definitely place an outright bet on. Uh, in case he does have one of those weeks. Yeah, and mine's similar theme. It's just Jordan Spieth for me. We've seen him. He's kind of grinding out cuts. I think he has gotten a little bit better recently, and maybe maybe he puts it together this week, but that's kind of the same thing. It's like it's a little bit too risky to waste a miscut on, but you know, for a deep target bet, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And then so we're going to move it on to the segment, uh, best bets to make a profit. So it's pretty much just targeting our favorite matchups and Mr. Make cuts and then top 20 bets. So we'll have you start off here with your favorite matchups. If you found any, cause I don't think we have to force the matchups uh, each week. Last week we did hit on, I think both of our matchups that we talked about. So that was pretty solid. 
Yeah, I mean, just looking at it quickly here, I got uh, matchups here on Bet365 is Cameron Champ and uh, Matt Wolf, and they're both uh, paying $1.90. And, you know, the last time I can remember, uh, and it actually I had I had bet on Bryson to win the Northern Trust, then he followed it up with the victory there at the DPC Boston. It's, it's very rare that a, that a player backs up a uh, a win with, with another good week that's, you know, up near the top of the leaderboard. And, you know, I think maybe the final round that Matt Wolf had could maybe set him back a little bit, to be honest, because he hadn't had a great year at all. His approach to the green statistics were were absolutely dreadful, to be honest. And and he was actually putting really, really well last week. So, and I think you mentioned one of your videos earlier on the week that Cameron Champ's actually a really good course fit mm-hmm. uh, this week. And, and we saw that, uh, you know, he played well last week on really short notice. And, and to be honest, one of the reasons why I actually like Cameron Champ, uh, thinking about now maybe as an outright as well as, I think he's a little pissed off with, with the with the backlash he got about the corona tests because we've seen a few false positives now. Uh, you know, he had three tests within 72 hours and they were all negative. So I think he has something to prove. And I think that he is just a better player than Matthew Wolf at the moment. So I like Cameron Champ a lot. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, one, Wolf should definitely regress back. That's a very good point. Uh, he kind of just got hot for two rounds. And Cameron Champ's a much better stat fit than him. Yes, Champ missed a cut here last year, but he was kind of playing poorly at this time of the season last year. Um, and just looking at his stats, it kind of echoes the theme that we're on. His total putting was 105. You know, hopefully that does better this week. But every other stat that we're looking at is 35 or better. So I, I agree with that take quite a bit. Um, so I have three that I'm going to touch on just real quick, and I'll tell you the one that I like the most. So Hovland over Ricky, I kind of like that one. Cantley yep. over JT, that one's iffy, but we already touched on how much we like Cantley. The problem with that one, I think that, you know, JT, if he makes the cut, he's probably going to top 10, but kind of the yep. same thing for Cantley. I just think it's more likely that he'll make the cut. And then I have Xander over Rom, and I think that one's going to be the one I like the most but it's a little bit more iffy as well. Obviously, when you're talking about the top end guys, I don't like that. Last week, my easy one was Brian Stewart over Tom Hoagie. I mean, that was just plain and simple. These ones are all top end players. So obviously, these top end guys can go off at any week. So it's a little bit more nerve wracking, but I would go with Xander to beat Rom as my favorite there. Yeah, I don't like Tom Hoagie either. I bet on him to win the, I think I said it last week, the 2017 Sony Open. He just crumbled there in the final round against Kazire. So not a fan of Tom Tom Hoagie. Isn't that amazing how just like one little thing like that? Kind sure. of like, <laughs> it can either make you a fan or make you a hater pretty yeah. much. So I was looking over the made and missed cuts that DK Sportsbook has presented. And I really couldn't find any that I liked. Um, if you want to take the gamble on uh, like Rom or JT missing the cut, you could. I just don't really see the point. Yeah, I agree with you. The only one, uh, I mean, I think we're, we like Cameron Champ a lot to make the cut for him is paying, you know, a dollar sixty one. So, you know, you bet a dollar, you make sixty one cents on, on your dollar. To be honest, maybe uh Phil Mickelson and Matthew Wolf. You know, Phil Mickelson, I, I know I bet on on the travelers to win, but he was driving it really, really well for the first two days. And that's something that he just hasn't done in the past few years, to be honest. And mm-hmm. you know, when when he's in trouble and we saw that on the weekend, he he shot one over, one over and finished you know, eight shots back or whatever it was. And same thing with Matthew Wolf. We saw in the, you know, first, I don't know, it's like what, 380 yards at first hole at Detroit golf club and birdied it all three days. And then first tee shot hits in the rough. And then mm-hmm. really lucky that he punched it out and hit the tree and kind of went in the semi cut. So, you know, I, I could see Mickelson and Wolf missing the cut, but I agree with you. Some of these odds aren't, uh, aren't fantastic. They're nothing, uh, 
there's nothing really that pops out. And I think that's the key to when betting is that if don't force it, you know, if they're not these great odds, you know, then just, you know, pass on it this week. Cause maybe next week you'll, you'll get better odds uh, when the field's a little bit better for the Memorial or exactly. what, what is it next week? Is it, is it's, it still called the Memorial or? Yeah. Next week's the Memorial. Okay. This one's just the workday work chair. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to echo that a little bit more. It's like never force a bet, especially like this is why we're doing the betting podcast. to you know, help you guys profit. Like you don't have to force this. Why on DraftKings, sometimes you have to force a play into your build where you don't want to. I'm actually ending up on a lot this week, but with betting, you really don't. You can play the matchups that you like, and you should really just target the matchups that you like. Like last week with me, with Brian Stewart, and you know Doc Redman and Hubbard a lot last week. Those are the places where I thought we should attack, and they did well. Um, but we'll move on to the top 20 bets. Now, keep in mind, we're doing top 20 bets, but obviously if we think they're top 20, they're going to top 30 and top 40 in our heads. Um, you guys can choose to bet that however you like. Um, I'll start off here. With our boy from last week, we said he has no win equity. Adam had one. <laughs> I know, I know. He gave me a little sweat there, but not really. I mean, he eagled to get like a top five finish, which was nice to see. But he never really was in contention. But I'm looking at his odds to the top 20. It's 2.5. His odds uh, to top 30 are uh, plus 125. And his odds to top 40 are minus 125. So, you know, okay odds there. Um but this is a course that sets up really well for him. We talk about players that are trending. It does seem like he's been trending in the right direction. We saw his stats. He's always been a good stat fit for pretty much this whole year. But we saw those stats finally come together for a big week last week. And maybe that'll you know help him out this week. And he'll have another good week this week to possibly maybe in top 10 again. Yeah, I agree with you uh, big time there. And just speaking about, you know, Bet365 had, had him at 50 to 1. And, and I have him here at... Uh, at three to one to to top twenty, and that's Gary Woodland. I think that you know to to top twenty, we think he has he has a really good chance to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, if we want to sprinkle a little bit on a top twenty there at three to one, um, I, I think that's definitely uh, the play. Uh, he he hasn't been great. I, I'm going to be honest, but I just have a feeling about Scotty Scheffler at, at three point six to one to, to top ten. He was I think he was fourteen shots better in his second round last week and. You touched on it, I think, one one of your videos of the Travelers. Uh, you know, he, he's he's a great ball striker. It's just the theme here. He's, he's a really good ball striker. And uh, he is too good, I think, to, to continue to struggle for this long. And I think that's another guy that, you know, he's either going to miss the cut badly or if he starts rolling in those putts, he could definitely be up there comes late Saturday, uh, you know, late Sunday to, to potentially win. So I think for a top 20 play at 3.6 to 1, that's uh, – that is uh, a good play. And then my last one here, I keep personally expecting him to regress a little bit, but he hasn't missed a cut since he's come back. And he was one of your core plays last week. Mark Hubbard is six to one to top 20 this week. Really? Yeah. And I keep expecting him that uh, it's Mark Hubbard. Eventually he's going to like, you know, crumble here or there, but he just keeps popping back up there. And what really, you know, made me a believer in Mark Hubbard is, you know, he wasn't off to the greatest of starts, on Saturday afternoon with Bryson and you expect a guy maybe for the first time, you know, playing with a superstar like that in, in one of the final groups on a weekend to, to fall back a little bit, but he stayed right in there. Mm-hmm. I think he shot a bogey free round if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, or he was doing really well. And then I think yeah. he doubled, I think he doubled 11 and then he still came back. So uh, that, that really made me a believer in Mark Hubbard. So at six to one, I think that's really good as well for a top 20 finish. Yeah, I, I agree with that approach. I, I really like Mark Hubbard again this week. Uh, I just don't like that his odds got, 
like a lot worse from last week than it is to this week where some of the guys that were on last week, they kind of had the same odds, but I completely agree with Mark Harbert's approach there. Um, my last two guys are going to be guys that I already touched on, uh, Brian Stewart and Nick Taylor. Yes, it's kind of repetitive there. I'll go over Stewart's. Uh, it's 5.5 uh, to 1 to top 20, 3 to 1 to top 30. Uh, for a top 40, it's 2 to 1. And then Nick Taylor, it's uh, uh, 3 to 1 to top 20. Uh, shoot, my handwriting is very poor. I, yeah, I have my cheat sheet here. Uh, handwriting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, I believe it's 3.5 to uh, top 30 and then to top 40, it's 2.5. So obviously I really like Nick Taylor's odds and Brian Stewart's odds to top 20 are pretty solid there. Yeah. Another one that kind of caught my eye, I was doing a little bit of research, Austin Cook. His, his ball striking numbers have been really good. And I also saw a stat that he has not missed a putt within six feet this year on the PGA Tour. Believe that or not. That's insane. And at 12 to 1, 12, top 20, that's, you're bet, that's, betting, that's like betting uh, Thomas there to, to win outright at 11 to 1. You're getting better odds on a top 20. And I think his stats are actually pretty decent for this course. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the – I know he missed the cut last week, but it's kind of like Tim Wilkinson where the stats are good enough. The recent form is pretty much there. I mean, Cook has made two straight cuts in a row. He had a 27th finish here last year. Like you said, he's a good ball striker and total driver. If he can put the rest of his game together, he could definitely top 20 pretty easily there. And he One has more. A, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, no, go. I was – because I was debating on, on – definitely I don't think an outright bet, but on my lineup. But Jason Duffner. He's seven to one, a top twenty this week. We know he he won. Uh, well, you know he he kind of crumbled almost down the stretch there uh, a few years ago when he had like a seven shot lead going to the third round. But you know he has a good course history. He's won here before. Um, you know, and when I'm looking on PGA Tour, when when he's you know four under through ten, let's say on on a weekend when he's you know barely made the cut, he he's losing strokes putting, but he's hitting every fairway, hitting every green. So it's another guy, if he can just start draining some putts, you could see him up there. Yeah, it's essentially like, I guess, Brent or Brendan Steele, uh, Kevin Streelman, where those guys have had good course history kind of the last few weeks. And you know that one of these weeks they're going to pop because they had that good course experience. Jason Duffner has three or two top 10 finishes here in the last three years. So I do get that approach there. And with those odds, it does make sense. Um. I think we did a pretty solid job with those ones. We'll do it. I will wrap it up here with our one and done picks. And remember, these are kind of a hybrid thing. So we pick a winner and then we pick our favorite top 40 bet. It might just be a recap of the earlier podcast. So you can't pick Bryson and Sebastian Munoz. And I can't pick, uh, who is it? Brian Stewart and Tim Wilkinson. So, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I don't, I don't want to take, uh, I don't want to draft Sebastian Munoz ever again. That's 100% <laughs> the truth. That's how I feel about Wilkinson. Just be honest. <laughs> I'm just trying to get on uh, the DraftKings here because um, Bet365 does not have top uh, 40 yet, just top, uh, just top 20. So okay. I'm yeah. I'll, I'll go first then. So sure. uh, my winner will be Patrick Hanley at 13 to 1. I'm going with the Hazi move from last week, going with our favorite pick, Bryson, from last week. So this week will be Cantley for me. I just think the stars are aligning for him. I think he could really go out. And I do like those odds at 13 to 1. And then my favorite bet to top 40, you guys probably guess it's going to be Nick Taylor. Uh, I just really like those odds for him. 2.5 to 1. That's pretty solid. You could bet, you know, whatever number you feel comfortable betting with there. Uh, I, I think it's a solid bet for a guy that has played well. Obviously, we haven't seen him, but I do think that's a solid bet. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, 
Yeah, a guy that's been re- playing really, really well, and he's done very well for my DraftKings lineups. It's Brian Stewart at 3-1 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook to uh, top 40. I mean, there's not much more to be said. He's been playing really, really well. And essentially now with the cut being, what is it, top 62 or whatever now, that essentially if you make the cut, you have an, a really, really good chance of top 40, mm-hmm. a better chance of top 40 than, than not. So um, at 3-1, to one, I'll take Brian Stewart. And then for my outright, I will take – Victor Hovland at 26 to one. I thought long and hard about Hovland as well there. So probably not going to be many more weeks where we can use them where we feel comfortable with it. So I agree with that approach. Yeah, And, and I, I sound like a broken record so far today. Just talking about a guy, if they can just roll in some putts, but when you have a field like this and the numbers have shown in the past few weeks that you're going to need to go low Hovland Morikawa, you know, Shoffley, what all those, they're great ball strikers. They're going to put themselves in positions to make the putts. And that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I get frustrated when I see, let's say Woodland miss an eight footer for birdie, but realistically that's a 50, 50 chance that a PGA tour player is going to make an eight footer. Right. So more times than not. And then, you know, I think 33 feet's the, the average of you three putt just as likely as you one putt. So yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just want to get a guy that's going to put themselves in positions to make a lot of birdie putts, and that, that Victor Hovland is definitely going to do that this week. You summed it up pretty well because eventually that putter is going to get hot and they're going to be right in contention to win, so I agree with that. And you summed up pretty well with the top 40s there. I do want to echo this real quick as well. It's uh, I've noticed that with these guys with lower odds or that are value plays on DraftKings is that if they're standing out as good stab fit, um, as guys that we think are going to make the cut, they typically do top 40 or better. It's the guys that on the, are on the higher end, I guess, Gary Woodland, for example, that we're kind of iffy on that week, or, you know, maybe we don't know how much we should play him. I guess Hideki would be a good example, or Sanjay M would be a good example of that, where, yes, we think that they're going to make the cut, and if they put it all together, they could easily top 10, but on the flip side of it, they could easily struggle and, you know, only top 50. I've noticed on the higher end that happens a lot more frequently than the guys that I really like as, you know, lower value, I guess, plays. So just want to echo that real quick. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be wrapping up this podcast. So next week we'll be back for the Memorial podcast. Obviously that'll be the same course. So we'll kind of read and react to what we saw from this week. And that one should be one that we can attack pretty aggressively. As you said it earlier, it's going to be a much higher caliber field. So we should get some much better odds next week. So uh, that's all we have for this podcast. Thanks for listening guys.